good Saturday evening, everybody. It is your buddy, John Henry, here uh, from uh, johnhenry.us. And uh, there I accidentally threw something underneath. There's my crawl. All right. Uh, yeah, welcome aboard. It's Saturday night, 8 p.m. Uh, we are here, uh, of course, at uh, my page at John Henry on Facebook and at the big page at I Love to Wake Up in the Morning when Barack Obama was president. Uh, also at the Progressive American and a brand new page that I just started last night called Gen X Still Thinks You Suck. Uh, and uh, you're all welcome. Of course, it's, you know, humor and nostalgia and that sort of thing uh, for uh, for us Gen X folks. And that's what's going on there uh, in uh, the short term. Uh, tonight, we are going to talk about a few things. Uh, I keep... Having people jump up every time I do a show, uh, new people come along uh, that, that maybe have never seen what I do or aren't familiar with me. Who the hell are you? And what do you think you're doing and all this other stuff? So uh, we're going to have a conversation about that. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some other things, including integrity in both music and politics and what I do and everything else uh, and uh, a whole lot of other uh, stuff. Uh, but uh, let's see. Yeah, there we go. Let me go ahead and get all this stuff. Sorry, trying to be a producer and a director and a cameraman and a run of the car and everything else uh, all at once is uh, not always the easiest thing to do, but I do what I can because I love you. Uh, anyway, yeah, welcome to uh, In My Room Number 3. This is Saturday, April 3rd. Uh, this is not 2020. It's 2021, but I'm not going to bother changing it because uh, I can lie about it later for some reason. Uh, anyway, uh, we're going to talk about all of uh, the stuff that I mentioned there uh, real soon. Of course, we have the uh, the uh, usual stuff. This is my job, kids. Uh, so if you want to, the uh, best way, the best way, the best way, uh, other than just liking and sharing content and commenting on it and telling other people where to find me, the best way is there at my website at johnhenry.us slash become a member there's little benefits we've got a forum there that's for you know members only and uh, let me be clear you're not going to be alone there's plenty of people there already and there are people who are supporting what I do so uh, I am in the middle right now in my room is kind of a transitional show uh, bringing along uh, the folks uh, sort of the early adopters and the people who've been with me for a long time uh, bringing them on forward into uh, what I'm going to be doing here uh, in the foreseeable and for the foreseeable future uh, that ties together you know all of the groups that I mentioned and a whole lot of other things that I'm interested in. We're going to talk about that in a little while, man. Uh, but right now, let's go ahead and kill that. And we will... Uh, oh, yeah. The pages. Uh, here we are. Uh, yeah. The... I'm going to get used to being on this screen eventually. I love to wake up in the morning when Barack Obama was president, the progressive American, and Gen X still thinks you suck. Uh, on Facebook, you can find me there. Uh, you're watching me on one of them right now, and uh, uh, unless you're on my page. And I will remind you, live comments on these streaming videos, I can only see them when they're left on my page. I can't see them when they're left on one of these three pages live. I will have to see those later. Uh, and yeah, those are the rules, kids. I don't make them. I just got to live by them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I made this observation earlier and a few people enjoyed it. Don't worry. Uh, you know, if you're getting older and you haven't done much with your life, you know, I'm 50 years old. Look at uh, look at the stuff that I'm doing. And uh, of course, we have um, GOP representative Matthew Getz from uh, Florida. I think he should be from Florida if he's not. Uh, you know, he uh, didn't have a, a girlfriend in high school until he was 40 years old. So uh, I... Buck up, little trooper. There's still time for you to succeed, too. Uh, these hypocritical, self-righteous bastards. And I don't want to. I don't want to be accused of hypocrisy myself. Okay. Um, one of the things that that I do, uh, and that I am, is very straightforward about who I am and what I am and everything else. And I've got you know some dark stuff in my past that we're gonna talk about eventually. And on and on and on. Uh, but not super dark. I haven't killed anybody or anything like that. Um, but uh, you know, I'm I'm 50 years old. I'm single. I'm male and and heterosexual. I certainly like younger women. 17 years old is not younger women. 17 years old is a minor legally and it's statutory rape. Okay? So let us not have these defenses of, oh, well, he was just, you know, he just likes younger girls or, you know, boys will be boys or girls will be girls or, oh, she was just enthralled or whatever. I don't care. Okay? I don't care. What he did, obviously, uh, is wrong. If 
just at the very least because he was so you know there's a there's I can't remember the quote it might have been Warren Berger one of the Supreme Court justice uh, who's made the remark about uh, the Supreme Court not merely avoiding impropriety but the appearance of impropriety um, and that's something that that we seem to have kind of lost in in our modern politics which maybe that's something people have been bitching about since the Romans. Um, but but anybody you know who steps on a stage like this has to accept as a base rule uh, that uh, number one either you are going to not give anybody the slightest reason to look at you or you're going to be prepared it would like I do to be upfront about it and talk about it openly and explain why anybody should listen to you after this and this and that right obviously Mr. Getz and uh, the, the the general you know not even GOP but political standard operating procedure uh, in uh, cases like this is uh, you know to claim innocence and uh, you know there's nothing going on we didn't do anything so on and so forth um, and uh, you know it's the game that they play uh, and we have to uh, we have to avoid that sorry I'm just ducking over here this uh, my my connection here is not great I'm using a, a it's actually a new service from T-Mobile that uses 4G cell towers uh, for internet. It's just internet. It's not a cell phone or anything. Uh, But when I go live like this, especially if I'm trying to bring information down at the same time, uh, Facebook just doesn't work on this end. And I often can't tell except I can see my stream is still live and I can see I still have viewers. So uh, bear with me sometimes. You know, Like I said, this is a one-man show. I am uh, stopping and starting and doing everything that I can to try to control everything uh, that's going on here so uh, bear with me and I appreciate it and we'll talk a, a little bit more when we get into the the last time forever biography crap about who I am because I'm so sick of talking about myself uh, but people keep asking and it's reasonable you know uh, my my audience is still fairly small and and the audiences that I have had uh, are spread over decades at this point so part of what I'm doing right now is trying to bring everything together including all these sites that I currently administrate and everything else uh, and get everything under one roof because you know it's all pretty good stuff and everybody kind of likes it here likes it there why not get everybody's ears on and maybe we can do some good in the world which we have done uh, and uh, we'll talk about that some more here in a minute right now I want to stay focused on this just a little bit and we go through this pardon me uh, we go through this almost every time there is a you know some kind of a sexual scandal with the GOP and we go back and forth with this dumbass argument where well why do you have to criticize and blah 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 and this and that and the other thing and and, and uh, you know uh, false equivalencies and and uh, won't somebody think of the children and on and on and on and on right um, and and I think it's really important to say again you know like I said earlier I'm not going to be a hypocrite about this and be like oh no I don't I never date anybody that's less than a year younger than I am horseshit uh, 17 is a child legally and morally, when you're a 40-year-old man, 17 is a child, okay? Uh, and and there just is no excuse for this shit. So uh, he's going to come down. The reason that it's fair play, and the same goes for you have, there hasn't been one in a minute, but uh, it, it comes and goes. But it's a cliche, right? These, these homophobic right-wing politicians that pass all this anti-gay legislation and try to stop gay marriage and try to stop on and on and on and on. And oh my God, you know, these bathroom bills. And they always end up getting caught, turning out to be on the DL. Right. Uh, turning out to be, you know, actually gay. Uh, and, and they've got a Tinder date or some crap like that. Or they get caught in a hotel room with a hooker or something, you know. Um, and uh, there's there's a line we kind of have to walk or I have to walk personally uh, because I'm not out to like, kink shame anybody. I don't care as long as it's consenting adults. I don't care what you do. OK. The problem is, is when you use your power to hurt people who are doing what you do. And then you're still doing it anyway, but you claim the reason you're doing it is because what they do is wrong. There's a big problem there. First of all, you're hurting people. Second of all, you're a hypocritical asshole, and we need to find that out and get rid of you. And it is very much fair, very much fair to bring that on. Now, does that extend to these, uh, you know, comments about Lindsey Graham, Miss Lindsey and all this? Right? No, I don't think that's cool. I really don't. Um, you know, obviously, Lindsey Graham has a manner uh, that one could characterize reasonably as effeminate. Uh, and uh, that's uh, that's that's him. Uh, and, and that's his business. And it is absolutely none of ours. 
what his sexuality is unless it comes out that he is directing and, and, and producing this legislation against uh, the group that he is a part of. Then it becomes a problem. Okay. Until then, though, the, I mean, we're getting on the edge of slurs and stuff like that. And I'm the last guy in the world who wants to go up and defend Lindsey Graham. But let's not be assholes ourselves. Okay. Uh, that's important. So uh, that's that's about kind of all I've got to say really on on the gets thing. I just uh, I thought that was actually a really funny line and wanted to get it out into the world because you know it was worth saying. Um, all right, let's get into this, guys. And I'm going to try to make it short and take up no well, maybe maybe ten minutes of this. Okay. Who the hell do I think I am? What qualifies me? Who I am? Who am I? And why should you pay any attention to what the hell I have to say? All right. Uh, my name, boys and girls. My name is John Henry. Yes, that is my real name. Uh, my real last name is DeYoung. It's spelled D-E-J-O-N-G. It's Dutch. My father was born in the Netherlands, in The Hague. Uh, at some point, you'll hear me talk about him and his family and what they did during World War II and how that's affected my life. Um, I am a musician. I am a father. My daughter's 32 years old. I am a grandfather. Uh, my oldest granddaughter is 11 now, I think. Uh, maybe about to be 12. Um, I, uh, I've, uh, started playing the drums when I was, well, I started playing violin when I was seven, uh, did that for five years. A year later, I started playing drums when I was eight years old. I still do that. I've been doing it for 42 years, rock drums, uh, lots of hair metal and early thrash metal and stuff like that in the eighties. And of course, after, you know, a couple of decades, you start broadening your horizons and eventually I got into pretty much everything um right this minute I don't have my own uh drum kit I do own an electronic drum kit that is uh with a friend of mine I don't have anywhere to set it up here or a way to use it um and uh, yeah I want to get an acoustic kit and eventually I want to get a studio set up and things like that I've got guitars and all that other crap that I can play and do my own music and do this and do that all kinds of cool stuff that I'm not able to do yet uh but we'll discuss that later as far as the politics and stuff goes, um, I have been engaged as an activist uh, since I was about nine years old, actually. Uh, the, the first thing I can remember doing and volunteering about because I cared about it was helping to plant beach grass uh, in the early version of what is now the Lake Michigan Maritime Museum in South Haven, Michigan. Uh, and I was nine years old at this time, I think. Excuse me. I was nine years old at this time, I think. Uh, and actually made the front page of the paper out there. I mean, if I had the, the resources to drive down there and dig through their morgue, I could probably find the picture. Me and my little brother out there, you know, uh, digging and planting, digging and planting. Um, and so I've always been engaged on that level. Plus, I've always been an outcast. I don't fit in, right? I was a gifted child in the 70s, uh, which uh, now means a very different thing than it did then. That's just all there is to it. Uh, all the, you know, advanced placement and things like that that they've got now did not exist back then. Uh, and in fact, that kind of stuff was created because of people like me, right? Um, and I'm only going to go through this one more time. I've been through it so many times. I'm going to go through it one more time. And I'm not going to talk about it again. If anybody ever asks, I'm just going to refer them to this show, okay? When I was 12 years old, they came, they yanked me out of class, seventh grade. They said, you're going to go take an SAT, right? Entrance exams that normally they give to high school juniors and seniors. I studied by myself with a big, thick-ass Baron's Guide, if you remember those, right? This is back when they still had analogies. This is back when they still had a written section, right, where you had to actually write longhand paragraphs, okay? Uh, I scored a 650 math and a 710 verbal. In that year, that put me in the top 0.02% of everybody that took the test, most of whom were high school seniors and juniors, Okay. Um, I'm not going to get in my IQ numbers, but suffice it to say there are labels for it. And I didn't call myself the low genius for no reason. Okay. Uh, the low genius thing was a brand that I used for about 15 years. Um, it spiraled up out of a conversation about this with my daughter when she was about 11, 12 years old. And, uh, I went, Oh yeah, that's a great new, that's a great word. Didn't dawn on me until like three months after I registered the domain and started using it, that it was really reminiscent of the church of the sub genius, which is this kind of little jokey culty, you know, Bob Dobbins and the guy with the pipe and all that slack, uh, which is real popular, especially amongst, uh, those of us who were, uh, you know, proto geeks, 
um, back in the, the 80s and whatnot. So uh, that's that's a little bit slice of me. What else uh, is important for you to know? Oh, uh, as far as formal education. So I got more and more into activism and things like that uh, is, uh, as I uh, became an adult uh, in the late 80s uh, and uh, early 90s. Uh, and this whole time I was working as a musician. I was working as a booking agent for other bands and so on and so forth. Uh, at the same time, my, my view of the world was maturing uh, and I was starting to learn more and more about uh, the things that were just wrong about the way we were dealing with ourselves, the way we talked about each other, the way we talked to each other, the way we treated each other, uh, the labels that we used for each other and, and the systems that are built up. Uh, my first real sort of uh, political uh, radicalization uh, came my first real memory, and I've talked about this before, of, of something that was super political like that was when the Reagan administration tried to declare ketchup a vegetable because the FDA guidelines for school lunches required two vegetables. And they figured they could save, a, whatever, a few tens of millions of dollars nationwide if they made ketchup one of those vegetables because it was cheap. Uh, and that was the bright idea from the Reagan administration on how to feed your kids lunch in the 80s, right? Uh, as a kid eating lunch in the 80s, that struck me. Uh, and at the same time, I was becoming more aware, you know, starting to have some some gay friends, you know, as a teenager, uh, you know, gay and lesbian friends and and people kind of finding identities and people of other ethnic, ethnic backgrounds. I grew up as a as a half white kid. I, I'll talk more about that sometime. There's a whole big story there. Uh, but I, I grew up as a half white kid in a white flight suburb in the 1970s and 80s. Uh, my high school had about uh, 1,100 people in it. I think there might have been a half a dozen black kids there. Uh, just wasn't exposed to the culture very much uh, as a young man. Uh, and uh, it turned out somewhat ironically, I found out in my 30s that I actually am part black. And like I said, that's a whole big story that I'll talk about some other time. Uh, when it's more relevant to an ongoing conversation. Um, and uh, so that is that. And also then, so I, I did this, I did that, you know, again, play with some hash bashes, do some musical stuff, do some fundraisers for, you know, the Lions Club or whatever. Um, I got involved in, uh, let's see, well, I should tell you the, the professional wrestling business. Uh, I was a, uh, a ring announcer and a manager uh, in the professional wrestling business for about three years in the late 1990s. Um, I was what... Uh, uh, typically, I played what they call a heel, a bad guy, right? Yeah, I'm going to come down there and I'm going to take your belt, brother. And my guy, blah, blah, right? Uh, and and the, the role of a manager uh, is basically to work the microphone for guys that aren't real good at it, right? Uh, and it's kind of a dead art now in the wrestling business. Um, and I was a ring announcer and I had the great, great good fortune uh, while I was down there to work with and become friends with people who later become world champions and very legitimately famous people. Uh, and uh, if you're a wrestling you may recognize some of them, right? Matt and Jeff Hardy, Shane Helm, Shannon Moore, Joey Matthews, um, Joey Abs from back in the day, uh, C.W. Anderson, um, you know, all of these guys. Chili Willie, if you're starting to get into the East Coast, uh, you know, smaller feds, he's had some TV time, though. Um, all those guys. And it was a, a really great time. And, and there's some great stories that come out of that as well. Uh, and also, you know, some reflections that come out of that, right? Because both in the wrestling business, in the music business, in any kind of entertainment business, you're on screen, you're doing things, and people are attracted to that. And you have what they used to call, you know, groupies, or the, in the wrestling business, they called ring rats. Uh, women and sometimes men that would hang around just because they, they wanted to sleep with somebody that, that had that. Um and, and having lived through that entire shift of the culture right at ground zero, uh, literally with my eyes and, and participating in the whole thing, the whole shift uh, has been really, really interesting to me personally. But I also I think it brings me an ability to to uh, have conversations and reflections on that uh, that are maybe a little tougher to have. Right. And, and some things that are hard for us to look at because I went through some stuff. Right. Uh, and I'm going to get through the, the you know, polish and the dessert and tell you about the bad shit and 
just a minute. We're getting there, and then I'll cut to uh, something that you actually really want to listen to, and I'll be done talking about this shit forever. Um, so I did this and that, and and participated off and on. Uh, started, of course, to become even more uh, political in uh, you know the uh, the late '90s and coming into 2001 after 9/11, especially. Uh, started getting loud, but even before then, I was writing. I've, I've talked before about the. Uh, you can find the article now on my website at johnhenry.us. I pulled that out of storage and put it back up. Uh, an article that I wrote in May of 2001, May of 2001, saying, hey, these Taliban people are a problem. They're going to blow up these Buddhas and they're putting badges on people who aren't Muslims and they're banning non-Muslim music. And it looks like a totalitarian thing getting over to happen there, uh, getting ready to happen over there. And maybe we shouldn't be giving them a $43 million check right now. And maybe you should call your senator about these Taliban people here in May 2001 and say, hey, we should not let this happen. And, uh, you know, so uh, that was that was a big thing and still continues to be a big thing for me uh, to look back on and go, well, holy shit. Uh, maybe if I had been a little louder somehow or been able to reach out a little louder somehow, could it have shifted anything? And I don't want to be ridiculous and suggest that somehow I could have prevented 9-11. That's, that's nonsense and it's would be the height of arrogance and I don't mean to suggest that. But the reality is there. The articles exist. The people were watching at the time, um, and and this suggestion was made. And if it had been followed, then you know, quite possibly, we would be on a different you know path right now. So that is also worth discussing when we're having the questions and, and answers. Who the hell am I? Uh, finally, uh, in uh, 2010, uh, I decided to go to college. I was uh, per, I, I was pursuing and still am pursuing a, a BA in uh, communication. Um, the uh, concentration was media production, but I also took a lot of classes in uh, in a social persuasion and influence, and and uh, you know understanding things like color psychology and the psychology of shots and why it really does matter. Uh, you know that I am right now shooting on a little uh, you know uh, desktop webcam at uh, 1080p, uh, and uh, everybody else who's doing what I'm doing is shooting at at least 4K uh, and in a well-lit space and with decent equipment and with decent sound and with, you know, uh, they're broadcasting through platforms to let them go to Facebook and YouTube and Twitch and on and on and on all at the same time, whereas I can only go to one right now uh, and, and so on and so forth. So went through all that stuff and learned everything there as well as a political science minor. Uh, my my uh, thought when I went back to school, uh, my, my, my dear, dear friends, I can't cannot go without giving them a shout out. Vince and Kim Lamb, uh, they are, uh, I think they're still technically in Royal Oak, but they're up by Detroit. They live up by Detroit. They've been friends of mine for about 20 years. Let me stay with them for a little while back in 2010. And uh, we were just sitting around BS one night, and, and Vince, who actually is a uh, professor up on the east side of the state, said, you know, why don't you go back to school? And I went, why don't I go back to school? That's a hell of a question. Uh, and so I went back to school, and, and my thought was, okay, well, what am I going to study? Uh, and so on and so forth. And obviously, I've got you know, a fairly broad potential palette, given the uh, the background there. Uh, and and so I said, well, you know, what am I doing right now? And at that time, I had already started to do, like I said, you know, the writing a bit, and the, the videos a little bit uh, about politics and social issues. And so I said, well, we have a serious political problem in this country. The biggest political problem we have in this country is the way we communicate about politics and the fact that we don't understand political communication as consumers of political communication and even as participants in political communication. We don't understand the power that we can have. And we've seen it now, right? We're starting to catch on now to some of the stuff I've been talking about for like 10 years, right? Um, in terms of the influence that your voice can have. Uh, just a small group of people, right? There's 28 people right this minute uh, watching this stream through my page. I don't know if that's everybody together or the other pages have more. So there's 28 people right now. The 28 of us right now, if we made up our minds to do it, could create any cause, could launch any effort, could raise any amount of money for damn near any reason. We have that power. Uh, we have used that power. 
uh, for the good. This uh, the, the big page, I love to wake up in the morning when Barack Obama was president. We have used that power repeatedly over the years for the good. Uh, our page founder, Dave Haberman, raised uh, some money a few years ago to, in order to get his teeth fixed. They were riding out of his face and killing him. Uh, and by the way, I want to remind you all, too, Dave is in the hospital right now. Uh, he slipped and fell at home uh, a few days ago and hurt himself really badly. He has had uh, he's had brain surgery. I don't want to get into too much of uh, revealing anything, uh, but I'm not repeating anything that hasn't been public already. Uh, he is uh, doing better and worse uh, off and on as time goes by. Uh, and please, I think I'll pin, matter of fact, I'll do that right now while I'm thinking about it. I'm going to go over to that page and uh, let me just go ahead and it's going to take me one second to get over there. Just bear with me. I'm going to go to the page and pin the post. Uh, that I put up a couple of days ago talking about this so that everybody can just jump in on the comments there and uh, drop Dave a thank you and a get well and, a, you know, keep it going, brother, and all that stuff. Dave founded the big page. Uh, I love to wake up in the morning when Barack Obama was when he founded it. It was called I Love It When I Wake Up in the Morning and Barack Obama is President. Now it's I love too past tense because he's not here anymore. Uh, anyway, uh, he he founded the page as a, you know basically just kind of a joke and a, a fan page for President Obama, and all of a sudden it turned into you know at one point I think there were almost four hundred thousand people on the page. It's down to about two hundred and fifteen now, uh, but still um, over those years you know we've done a lot of good. We made a lot of really positive uh, efforts. In the world, um, you know, Chad, one of my fellow admins, Chad McDonald, he has his whole own group of pages and sites and things that he runs. He's really uh, he's really tied in with a group called Survivors Empowered that I'm actually scrolling by one of his posts about them right now, uh, which is uh, the... Uh, his friend's daughter, his friend Sandy's daughter uh, was shot in the Aurora Theater Massacre. And so they started this Survivors Empowered group to help raise, you know, funds to, to you know, promote awareness of, of gun violence and so on and so forth. Um, I'm scrolling down here. All right, here we go. I am pitting this post right now. Sorry, again, I'm one person. Thanks for bearing with me. I am uh, pitting this post to the top of the page at I Love to Wake Up. Uh, that tells you all about Dave. It's it's a couple days old, so it will uh, it will uh, have older information than what I just gave you, or have a little less information than what I just gave you. Uh, but uh, it is, in fact, uh, what is going on with David right now. And if you can drop in there and leave a little love in the comments for him, because without him, none of us would be here. Uh, and like I said, we've done a lot of good in the world, and not just you know for him. Uh, I mean. Uh, like I said, Chad's got his thing going on. Uh, Mike uh, has uh, his various uh, pages and things that he does. We're all trying and we all have worked very successfully uh, to help continue keeping, you know, progressive dialogue active in the world. A lot of us, you know, the the, uh, the big page has kind of a split fan base at this point. There's a lot of people there who are still big fans of President Obama. And there are a lot of people there who are very progressive and have kind of moved beyond Obama at this point. Uh, and so keeping that group of people together and keeping that conversation going uh, has been really uh, instructive and interesting. And I think it's helped in some ways keep a piece of the dialogue, at least from veering off into one crazy direction or another crazy direction. Uh, because you do see a lot of people coming together and, and having good conversations. Um, and and beyond that, you know, we, we've directly affected lives, right? A few weeks ago, uh, a, a friend of mine uh, who uh, we had originally called Skyler because she was working behind a mask uh, for privacy reasons, uh, and uh, her, her actual name was Taylor, we ended up raising nearly $10,000 for her in a three-week period. Uh, she's a single mom. She was almost out on the streets uh, and, and really panicking and really stuck and months behind on bills and on and on and on. And we started out thinking, well, maybe we could raise a couple of thousands so she doesn't get kicked out of her home this week and we ended up like i said with nearly ten thousand dollars in three weeks uh and and that is literally saving two lives okay uh, we do good things here that 
should help to answer most of the question of who I am. Now, I did promise you that I was going to get honest about a couple of things. Uh, and I do want to talk about, about my past because it informs who I am. So the downside is, of course, I was a musician. Like I said, coming up through the 80s and stuff, I was in hair bands when I was 14, 15 years old up on the stage with the big poofy hair and the, you know, the Aquanet extra super hold and the eyeliner and the poison thing going on. And, the, you know, Fredericks of Hollywood spandex weighing about 120 pounds, standing six foot tall and all skinny and Bon Jovi looking. Uh, and uh, at that time, after a few years of that, you know, uh, you end up getting into some pretty hardcore scenes and so on and so forth. And eventually, I, uh, you know, was given the gift of cocaine when I was 17 years old and ended up, uh, no pun intended, going off the rails for about a dozen years. Um, so Coke was my drug of choice, as they say, uh, for personal reasons that are really super dark and I don't want to get into right now, uh, but I will tell that story later. It involves a murder in my family. Uh, I was never into opiates and I was never into needles. So I kind of got lucky there, but still, uh, definitely did a lot of cocaine and eventually methamphetamines and so on and so forth. Got, you know, my personality went to hell and it wasn't great in the first place because I came from really, my dad was a drunk. My mom was a psychotic, right? I mean, we would have been yanked out of that house as kids, uh, even in, in 1995, let alone 2021, right? Um, in 1970, it was kind of normal still, right? Uh, uh, some of the things that went on. Uh, I'm a survivor of uh, sexual abuse uh, as a child. Um, I uh, was an abusive domestic partner uh, for uh, several years uh, when I was in my 20s uh, through three relationships uh, until I deliberately decided to stop dating, period, until I could reconcile the person that I was internally with the behavior that I was exhibiting. Um, and uh, while I don't mean to suggest that I ever, you know, put anybody in the hospital or punched anybody in the face or anything like that, at the same time, I also don't want to minimize the fact that I was an abusive domestic partner. Uh, and that ended when I was about 30 years old. I quit doing hard drugs at the same time. Uh, my epiphany moment uh, was uh, Thanksgiving of uh, 1999, I think the day after Thanksgiving in 1999, uh, I had given uh, a uh, a girl who I had met through the wrestling thing uh, some money to go get uh, some uh, cannabis. And she came back like six hours later with a little bit of powder in a bag and said, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, uh, the, uh, the clouds parted and the light shone down and the celestial choir sang. And I looked around and I went, you know, everybody around me is a raging asshole with a felony record. And I'm going to be one of them in about two weeks if I don't get the fuck out of here permanently. Uh, and fortunately, like I said, my dad was a recovering alcoholic. He went into a treatment when I was about 15. So I spent some time around 12-step tables and had uh, picked up the tools that I needed to kind of know when, all right, it's time now. Put the brakes on. You're done. And I went home and uh, cold turkey didn't. That was the end of that. And that was, like I said, the end of 1999. So I've been I've been clean uh, from from hard drugs now since, uh, well, uh, uh, 150, uh, you know, time and a half again, as long as I was on them uh, for whatever that's worth. But it's an experience that I went through. The reason that I'm talking about all of this shit other than people keep asking is because it informs everything I do. Okay, I went through this stuff and I spent a lot of time sitting here going, look, guys, we got to do this. We got to do this. The future is now. We are evolving. We've got to move forward. We've got to do this. When I'm saying that, I'm not just pointing fingers at people going, you got to take a hard look at yourself in the mirror, boy. You got to get honest with yourself. I'm telling you, I did this. Okay. It's the old story that I keep telling over and over again. I've been here before. I know the way out. A lot of people don't. I've known the way out for 35 years, but nobody knew we needed to get out until now. And now we've watched the world fall apart over the last year. You know, the, the coronavirus pandemic has really ripped the whole curtain off for a lot of people. And the people, frankly, that it hasn't ripped the curtain off for at this point are the people who don't want to know because they can't handle it. They cannot deal with thinking about some of the fundamental truths that they believe are flat out bullshit. Like the, the notion that their tax money funds the federal government. Nonsense. That hasn't been true for you know, a century. Right? The federal government is funded by congressional appropriation. That's how every dollar happens. 
We talk about that. Modern monetary theory. I don't want to get off on a rant about it right now. But these are some of the things that I talk about. These are some of the things I do. These are some of the reasons that I do them. At the end of the day, you know, I've been uh, performing since I was seven years old with a very, very deep and abiding respect and concern for the idea that every single human being on this planet deserves a fair chance to be the absolute best human being they can by their own definition to the greatest possible extent that we can help them get there. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Chris. Uh, sorry, I just saw there was a couple comments come in there and... Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, we we we've got to we've got to take care of this stuff, guys, and and that's why I'm here, and that's what I'm trying to do, and that's who I think I am. How can you help me do that? We're not going to go into the uh, fundraising thing right now, uh, but the biggest thing is like and share, man. It's social media. Spread these videos around. Tell people, hey, look, I was listening to this guy. He sounds like he might know what the hell he's talking about. He's obviously not backed by some corporation. Right? Right, George Soros sure the hell isn't sending me a check every week, right? And I'm not sponsored by Chrysler. You can see that shit all day long, right? There's actually, I mean, there's no, there's no direct, like, there's no good advertising at all that's going to be on this show at all, none. And so, uh, and and one of the reasons I do that. I talked about him in, in uh, the work diary that I published earlier, which is a members only thing. It, I put the work diary up just as kind of a backstage thing. And that's why I make it members only because uh, it's not something this big and important. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll talk about that later. Uh, let's let's go ahead and get moving on with the rest of the show. I think I've run enough about this and uh, I think I've answered enough questions about who the hell I think I am. If you have any others, I refer you to the video, man. Uh, and that's the end of that. So uh, what do we got? Okay, so I uh, put up an article from the uh, from the archive. You know, I've been, I've been uh, curating my stuff here uh, recently and uh, reaching back, like I said. And I put up an article that I written in 2009 called Why Rock Music Has Sucked for 15 Years. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, it's a title that is intended to grab your attention. You know, it's as close as I ever get to clickbait, you know. Uh, and uh, the idea was to bring people in and to have a conversation about um, where the heart of performance is and and why it's so critical, especially to live performance, uh, to to bring things that fundamentally can't be communicated simply by words. You know, uh, the, the the feeling that, that you, whatever your favorite music happens to be, whether it's, you know, Riders on the Storm by The Doors or, you know, Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin or, you know, the, the Soundgarden tune or Chris Cornell or Five Finger Death Punch, whatever it is that moves you, that's the point. And as musicians... Especially as a drummer, right? As a drummer, I always see it's it's we actually have a treaty with uh, the UK uh, in the United States. The United States is bound by international treaty. All of us as drummers have to maintain a shrine to John Bonham in our practice spaces uh, under federal law. No, I'm kidding. We don't. But uh, John Bonham, of course, is is kind of the pinnacle. Now, Neil Peart is a little bit different story. Uh, yeah, I can get into that as I talk. Um, but but Bonham is kind of the pinnacle. Everybody wants to play Bonham, right? Oh, you got to have that fast rate foot by John Bonham. Oh, you got to do those triplets like John Bonham. You got to. Okay, that's great. And absolutely, learn your rudiments, learn your mechanics, know what the hell you're doing, get out there and do it well, have stuff down, right? I mean, right now, geez, I'd have to practice for a year to get back to, you know, to where I felt like I was really and truly performance ready, you know? Uh, if I got the big phone call from somewhere right now, I couldn't do it, even if they said we got a kit for you, unless they were ready to go into rehearsals for a year, and nobody's going to make me a phone call uh, under those conditions, so, um, but... Uh, the idea is you have to believe in what you're doing. The audience can tell, okay? Uh, the audience can very much tell. Matter of fact, I think I can get away with this. Ha <laughs> ha. Watch me do this one, guys. Uh, I'm going to show you a little video here, a little slice of a video, if I can get away with it. Mm, I might not be able to. I posted about it earlier. It was actually, it was in that article. Uh, there's a link in that article to a video that's here on Facebook of uh, Pearl Jam playing on Saturday Night Live back in 1992, uh, doing a live. And I used that for years, uh, even 
Right. I, I started a nonprofit theater group in North Carolina back in 2005. Uh, and it was mostly because my daughter got into it. And so it was mostly for, you know, the high school kids doing like Shakespeare and stuff. Uh, and I actually showed them that video uh, more than once uh, as an example of this is what you're supposed to feel like when you're on stage. No matter what you're doing, if you're doing it well, it feels like this. You're on another planet. You don't know where you are. You're not, right? And that was one of the beautiful, beautiful things uh, that bands like Pearl Jam and Nirvana and, and, and uh, you know, Alice in Chains and, uh, and Soundgarden especially. You know, Chris Cornell is an absolute hero of mine on every level um, on, a, on a super short list of, like, the people ever. Um, and, and that was what they really brought to the table was that sincerity and that integrity and that they were willing to get lost in the music instead of getting lost in the trappings of celebrity and stardom, right? There's not a lot of grunge songs about strippers and cocaine. Every other hair band was singing about strippers and cocaine. There's not a lot of... Pearl Jam songs about it. There's not a lot of Tad or Melvins unless they're ironic, you know? Uh, they brought a whole different vibe, and that was actually kind of when the whole groupies thing started to die, too, right? So, uh, and it, the reason that this matters is, again, when you see this performance, and you see the sincerity of it, and you see just how many, right? Those guys, they're standing, this was their first SNL performance. As a matter of fact, this was their first national performance, period, television. And uh, they come out, <clears throat> excuse me, let me take a drink. My voice is getting dry here. Let's see what time it is. They come out and uh, they do this song, and it's just, it just, eight bars into it, they completely forgot where they were, right? They didn't care that they were in New York. They didn't care the cameras were on. They didn't care it was Saturday Night Live. They didn't care that it was the break of a lifetime. They found the groove and they rode that motherfucker. And oh my God, it's beautiful to watch you guys. It really, I mean, just if you appreciate live performance at all, you cannot watch that performance and not just go, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, it's a thing of beauty. It's, it's a legendary and all of the superlatives, you know? And that's what it should be. Uh, that's what happens when you believe in what you do. That's what I try to bring to what I do, which is why I sometimes do get very passionate. You'll see me get angry and he's like, what the fuck? You know, uh, that's very real. Uh, I, I don't deal in artifice and I don't put on a show a whole lot of times, unless I'm making it real obvious, you know, sometimes I'll drop into the radio voice just to be a wise ass or something like that. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's all about bringing your heart into it. And, and, you know, again, I've talked about this before. One of my like lifetime mottos is, you know, feel what we feel or feel what I feel. My whole purpose as a performer is to grab you in your heart somehow, whether it's laughing or crying or angry or sad or, or, or whatever it is to bring that out of myself and give it to you in such a way that it moves you in the same way that it resonates with you. Uh, and at its best, when we can do that, you find things like the rising movements of the 60s and you find things like the rising movements of the 1980s with the West Coast hip hop scene when when uh, rap and hip hop went from being sort of the new entertainment to being the CNN of the streets. Uh, and uh, you saw it again, you know, with the alternative scene to a certain extent. And, and uh, honestly, since 2001, it really kind of knocked some things off. Um, and, and I think artists in some ways are still trying to find their footing uh, and trying to understand how to to strike that balance between, uh, you know, criticizing a, a broken infrastructure, broken social infrastructure, a broken government system, uh, while at the same time not appearing to, you know, uh, kick a hurting people or not love your nation, uh, etc. Right. Uh, and uh, it's not as easy as it was in the 60s for uh, somebody to just write a rousing anthem and, and everybody rally. You know, I'd like to teach the world to sing or or even, you know, uh, um, uh, the Buffalo Springfield song. Um, it, it takes a little more work because we as humans are evolving again. An ongoing thing with me right now because of the COVID uh, has definitely accelerated the process. The human race, the human race, the entirety of humanity right now, right this minute, you and I in this conversation right now are in the act of real time 
high-speed, self-aware evolution. This is the first time this has ever happened in the history of knowledge as far as we know. Okay, uh, We have certainly evolved in the past. Never before have we been aware that we were evolving. And we are. Even if we're not quite aware consciously, even though you may be hearing this for the first time, you still kind of know it. Look around. You know it. Okay, So what those of us on the front edges and you need to be thinking about right now is what are we evolving into? Right? We've got all these problems of the past, the racism, the sexism, the oppression, the abuses of power, the inequity of resource, etc., Ad infinitum, we have talked about these things and philosophized about them and held symposia for 500 years about these things. Now the coronavirus has come along and kicked the whole goddamn house of cards right into the river. Uh, and everything is exposed now, and we are looking at this. And those of us who are not completely knocked off kilter by it uh, understand that what we are seeing is what we have seen coming for a long time, and now it's time to pay attention. What kind of world do we want to live in? Do we want to go back to the same old shit pretending that normality in a free country is having, you know, uh, two-thirds of the population subjugated because they're not of, you know, they're not white men? That's insane. That's not a normality any of us want to go back to. We have the ability. I tie things together. It takes me a while sometimes. We have the ability to make these differences right now. The 27 of us that are watching as I see this right now, all of us paying attention, sharing this video, talking about what I do, finding other people that do what I do that you really like, that resonate with you, sorting out the bullshit from the good stuff, right? Encourage people if you know people who can support people like me, we sure need it. Holy shit. Because I'll tell you what, man. If you think you're hurting because you got laid off from a nice job and you had $20,000, $30,000 in the bank when you were already $85,000 in debt when this hit, you really are hurting. Trust me. Okay? Uh, so, yeah, whether it's me or somebody else, encourage uh, everybody. Watch. Pay attention. Enjoy it. Uh, and uh, And support it. Uh, whenever you can let me get back over here to my dashboard so yeah this is you know the bottom line uh to to all of this to to this kind of rant the, the whole frame is the old bill hicks thing about play from your heart you know you've got to go out there you've got to put your gut into it put your back into it put your balls into it as they used to say and maybe still do uh you've got to go out there and give it everything because if you don't mean it why the hell should the audience care right why do you give a shit what i've got to say if i don't care that's one of the reasons why I stopped doing right because I was doing a nightly show at the beginning of last year. I started it just as the coronavirus thing hit at like the end of January. I started the show and uh, I was doing five nights a week, an hour a night, and it was too much. Uh, and I, in the, within probably the first four weeks already, even with the coronavirus, I felt myself constantly reaching to find something to talk about. And if I have to do that, I'm already starting to fake it, and I already kind of don't care. I was like, oh, well, I guess I can talk about this. I guess I can hit this. Horseshit. When I come out here and I talk to you guys, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. You know, I've got a lot of energy, but I don't have a lot of spare resources where I can just sit around with my thumb up my ass for an hour and talk to people on the Internet because it strokes my ego. Okay? I'm out here trying to make a difference, and you're out here trying to make a difference. It's why you're watching right now. Because you care about this stuff. And this is where it's starting to happen. So uh, I'm going to get off that soapbox, change my graphic, and move forward. But yeah, uh, anything that you can do, you know, it comes down to, you know, liking, uh, sharing, uh, and so on and so forth. The whole social media rigmarole that I hate doing. I hate that like and share crap. Like and share and blah, 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 blah. I'm pretending that my page is somehow not related to the big page. We just have it across this really awesome content we want you to see. Um, that's a bullshit game. It's dishonest and I hate it. That's how most of the big pages and websites right now built themselves up. They pretended to have an audience by, you know, buying fake numbers or whatever. Uh, and then they went, oh, look, see, we're popular. We must be doing something right. And everybody went, oh, yeah. They don't think that kind of play will work anymore. I hope not because it's exactly the opposite of play I'm making. Um, Integrity matters, man. This is it. Um, and, and this is, uh, you know, it's kind of starting to tie everything together here. I've been, uh, I'm at 8.50 right now. And I don't want to go much over an hour uh, if I don't have to. But yeah, uh, you know, whether it's music or criminal justice or whatever it is, right? You cannot, when you start to move away from the reason that you're doing something or that reason starts to become motivated by something other than its prime 
cause, you start to have a problem, right? And so now, like, I do what I do. I make these shows and I do the videos and I got the websites and I do the memes and I'm blah, blah, blah. And I'm, you know, I'm John Henry, a public figure, and I talk about politics and I got a little wit to me and on, 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 come see my stuff, right? Um, I don't care about doing that stuff. And that's one of the reasons why I don't have a huge audience because I'm not a show. I don't go out there and put on the radio voice. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm John Henry, and welcome to the show. And we're going to... I mean, I'll do that sometimes, kind of like I said, as a kick, but it lasts for 30 seconds, right? Because it's fake. It's bullshit. Uh, and I'm not interested in selling you a package of bullshit. Uh, I am who I am, and I'm good at what I do, and I know what I'm talking about. I think that I do it well. People tell me that I do it well, and they enjoy my work. And now I'm trying to bring all that together and make it really matter because I know we can. We've done it before in little pieces and parts. Now let's make it all happen in big ways because now's the time, man. Now is the time. We are stepping forward. So let's talk about, we will, uh, let's talk about running for office locally. Let's talk to, uh, you know, let's talk to, you know, some of my female friends that work in non-traditional roles, as, as, you know, in uh, traditionally male roles and what that world is like. And how far have we really come with sexism in this country? How far have we really come in sexual harassment in the workplace? And how, let's have that conversation. I've got my buddy Greg. Uh, Count Grog, the evil Count Grog, as he's known in the wrestling business. Um, he's also he was a uh, roadie for the Almond Brothers. Uh, he, uh, he toured with the Dead for a while. You know, followed the Dead around for a while. Was the Deadhead. He's just done all. Uh, pardon me. He's just done all kinds of stuff. A really interesting, really cool guy, really well-known, uh, kind of a backstage uh, sort of player in the business, uh, both in music and in, in uh, wrestling. He uh, was the booker at the, the the legendary brewery club down in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, which was, you know, for at least 20 years was the club to play down there, uh, especially if you were a hard rock band. I saw, God, I saw Dread Zeppelin there. I saw Pansy Division there, on and on and on. Um, Anyway, I'm going to have him on next Saturday night, uh, and he's going to be talking about his new thing, uh, and uh, that's going to be not wrestling. It'll come up, uh, but, but he's uh, really wanting to focus on more of the hippie stuff and more of the storytelling stuff. Uh, and, and like me, you know, he lived through a, a period of history uh, in this country uh, that, that underwent fundamental changes that we're only now just beginning to understand. Um, and and uh, it's really important, I think, to, to preserve some of those voices and to have some of those voices out there, not just mine, uh, but, but but voices like like Grog's uh, and, and many others. Uh, and so he's going to be doing a podcast and talking about his thing, and I'm going to bring him on uh, and do my best to put him over and introduce him to you. So we'll have that for you next week. And... Uh, Another guy that's just no bullshit, you know, uh, and that's uh, that's again, that's that's what matters at the end of the day. And that's why, you know, you can catch a guy like Bernie Sanders sometime. And one of the things I always kind of jump on him about because he'll use that phrase, uh, you know, uh, nobody who works full time uh, should have to live in poverty. Well, uh, nobody should have to live in poverty, period. I don't give a shit whether they work full time. Right. Uh, the uh, the idea that whole your tax dollars thing, he still drags that out once in a great while. And every time I see it, I'll I'll call him on it on his page because he knows better. It's not your tax dollars. Right. Federal spending is not funded by federal tax dollars, period. It's not how money works. They are the currency issuer. They don't need dollars. You need dollars to pay your taxes to them. That's why they only take their dollars in taxes. That's why the Confederate dollar, that's why the Confederacy collapses because they started taking their federal taxes in barter goods, right? They would take chickens and corn for their federal taxes and all of a sudden their dollar wasn't worth anything because the only thing that makes our dollar worth anything is the fact that the federal government of the United States requires its taxes to be paid in dollars. Taxes are not theft. Taxes are the only reason dollars are worth anything. Surprise! These are the kinds of things we need to learn about and to understand because it really, really shifts your world and changes the way that you think about things and opens up a whole range of possibilities that just didn't exist before because you were living under the lies and misconceptions and disinformation and misinformation propagated from both the ignorance and the mendacity of the past. Uh, and that's what I'm here uh, to dig us out of, man. And uh, that's why, you know, you're looking at me sitting here in a, in a dark room with a T-shirt on. And the name of the, the show is In My Room because that's where I live. This is a rented room in a boarding house. There are five other adults live here. We share two bathrooms. It sucks. I mean, it's not that they're bad people or anything. It's It sucks. This is garbage. And it costs way too much. 
Uh, and and again, this is you know one of the reasons why blah blah blah. I'm trying to get out of here, raise money, etc. But that's not for now. Uh, let's see, where are we? We here? That was number five. What was number six? This is my last frame for the night. Yeah. So uh, just tying it all together. Um, one of the things about Generation X, you know, we got called slackers a lot, blah blah blah, and it's kind of. Uh, I can't remember the exact way he put it, but it, it, Bill Hicks used to do a joke about you know it's not that it's not that pot smokers are lazy, it's just that they looked around and figured out that all this shit wasn't really worth doing, <laughs> you know. Um, and and uh, that's that's kind of uh, that's that's a sentence that that really can frame a lot of Generation X. It's not that we're you know we were unmotivated or lazy or not doing anything. I bust my ass just to do this, right? I mean, this is this is every waking moment of what I do almost is this show, uh, not this show, but, but producing content, the brand. I hate that. Oh my god, do I hate that? And it's 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 a thing I've got to reconcile myself with. And I'm a brand. I have to be a brand now. I'm John Henry the brand. Now, I'm John Henry, the human being. I've been through a lot of shit. I've seen some shit. I've learned some shit. I've done some shit. I hopefully can help you get through some shit. That's what I'm here for. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. I kind of went off on my own uh, tangent there that I wasn't intending to. But um, integrity and, and meaning what you say and doing what you mean to do and the ability to reach out and move people and the ability to communicate with people on multiple levels, you know, um, these are all just super, super important things. And it all really does come down to, you know, heart and integrity and consistency. You can only fake sincerity for so long. We've seen people try to do it over and over and over again, and it falls apart. You know, and you can tell the people who really mean their stuff and really stand by it, right? Look at Jimmy Carter. You know, I mean, you could criticize the man however you want to, but he's, what, 92, 93 years old out there having strokes and cancers and still building houses for poor people? Literally, hands on shovels? Jesus, I should hope to be that awesome when I'm 92. I won't even live that long. I haven't lived that well. You know? I mean, these are these are people that mean what they say. Um, you know, I think Sanders is another one. I think you're going to see AOC uh, is another one. Uh, I, I think she's got to run into some minor issues because she was, you know, 24, 25 years old when she started running. Uh, and and uh, that is, I, I don't want to minimize her or anything else, but you can only do so much in so much time, right? You can only have so much life experience in, in, in a certain period of time. Uh, and so, yeah. I know as I've gotten older and typically as people get older, they start to find that, you know, sometimes compromise is, is necessary and sometimes you can't quite get everything that you want all at once and so on and so forth. I think she's got to, and she does actually, she's already running into the muckrakers pushing back, right? Anytime she's not out there just, you know, uh, literally eviscerating fellow Congress persons. She's, she's, you know, getting called out by, uh, by some of these ankle biters as, uh, you know, not being a real progressive and blah, 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 which I think they're assholes. Uh, and, and I'm going to dive into that at some point real hard uh, in a show here real soon. But um, yeah, I mean, it's you got to mean it. You got to do what you can do. And sometimes you're going to make mistakes and sometimes you're going to step on your dick. Like I said, I mean, I, I certainly don't want to suggest to anybody that I am or ever have been or ever think I will be some sort of perfect standard of morality and nobility uh, who has always done everything right. You know, half the reason or more that I even know why to fuck point things out that are wrong is because I did them wrong. You know, I was raised to be a racist. I was raised to be a sexist. Uh, I had to work my way out of that mentally uh, over a period of many, many years. And it's a recursive process, by the way. Do not ever let anybody, including yourself, kid yourself into thinking that you can just one day wake up and not be a racist. It's not possible. It's not possible. Be honest with yourself. It's not possible. You've got to wake up and work at it. And over time, you don't have to work as hard. But it is not possible to just flip a switch and suddenly not be a racist, suddenly not be a sexist. And that kind of shit is what the evolution is abandoning. Those kinds of lies that we tell ourselves about, you know, just magically we're all better now because we had a nice talk. Horse shit. This ain't the Brady Bunch. 
we're learning that now. Uh, and unfortunately, we've had to learn it the hard way. And I think there's going to be a couple of hard hits coming yet. Uh, you know, I'm definitely seeing another big spike in uh, in uh, fatalities from uh, from coronavirus coming here. Another uh, week and a half, two weeks, maybe. Uh, hopefully, it won't be too huge. Hopefully, the vaccination will help keep some of that down. But we're going to get hit again to some extent. Uh, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we close back down for a period before this is said and done. I think we should have done that as soon as the vaccine dropped. We should just shut everything down again for two weeks. And we'd be fine. But uh, That's life. Um, so, yeah, the Generation X thing was always about, you know, uh, at least those of us who were the, the, the flannel-wearing kind of outcast alternative grunge types, uh, it was always about kind of eschewing the, the mainstream and, and ignoring what other people want. A lot of the guys that I was musicians with, and they were great musicians, but a lot of them never took lessons, and I was one of them. And it was, well, why don't you take lessons? Well, because I can't afford lessons, but also because I don't want to play like some somebody else. I want to have my own style, right? Um, I kick myself now in the ass 40 years later because my hand position sucks and there's things that I, I physically can't do behind the drum kit because I'm self-taught. Uh, but that was the attitude and that was a very Genix thing. You know, this this notion that we were slickers was bullshit on its face when it got there. Uh, and it was just another way for the boomers to kind of control and condescend and look down and, and disempower us. You know what I mean? Because we say, hey, this is bullshit. And they go, well, but it works for us. Look at our big houses and look at our fancy cars. Why? There could be nothing wrong with this system. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, basically told us to get screwed, you know, and, and it's, you know, I don't want to jump every, I'm not the one to typically just, just people, you know, every boomer was a jackass and every generation next was a perfect person. And all the millennials are whiners and blah, 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 blah. balls. I know you guys think better than that. You guys know I think better than that. I'm getting a little tired of those disclaimers, too, but I'm going to have to keep repeating them until the audience gets big enough that I don't have to anymore. So, um, yeah, you guys know what this is about. So uh, the, the whole bottom line is this is our moment. Uh, this is our evolution. And hopefully I can do whatever I can do uh, to make that evolution continue to happen in a effective and positive way so that someday we can all be happy. Maybe if I get really, really lucky, I'll be able to keep a roof over my head, too. And that's uh, that's about it, man. That's uh, I think that's the show for the day. What do I got? 9.03. So, yeah, it's about exactly an hour. I've hit everything that I wanted to talk about. Thanks a whole lot. I'm sorry I'm not. Man, right now I just don't have enough monitors to pay attention. Right? I've only got uh, one monitor. And uh, so it's I've got to swap back and forth, jump between windows and everything, to even know if somebody's leaving comments. So I apologize that I'm not really able to, to respond live in real time when you guys are commenting. But I do appreciate you being here. Uh, it looks like you know we had to, we had a, you know fairly nice little audience going along the whole time, uh, which is nice. Uh, more and more people are tuning in. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you as people. You are the leading edge man you're the vanguard you guys are the leaders because you're here not just because it's me but because you care enough to be watching this show that's that really is that's your indicator man you're here and uh you know in the coming weeks and months we're going to talk about how to make that mean something uh in, in very real ways including stuff like running for office we're going to study how the right wing overtook our government over the last 30 years because we knew it was happening when it was happening we talked about it when it was happening and we didn't do what we needed to do to stop it from happening and now we must we're going to have those conversations much much more thank you very much again everybody for stopping in tonight and seeing me here in my room uh, my name is john henry let me get a drink here my, my voice is getting scratchy again thanks <laughs> i posted this on my page the other day i don't know if you guys have ever seen this it's funny as shit it's an old radio promo that they would play during the holidays back in the 90s. And it's supposed to be a, an old, like, southern rock dude from a, from a band that got busted for something. has to do some some PSAs, right? It's Dwayne Stump from Blacktooth. And he's supposed to be doing a PSA about drinking and driving, and it's he's going back and forth. And, you know, he's, starting, he's got this great voice. I just I love his voice. I'm going to bring my mic in a little bit so you can catch this real well. He uh, he does this, this whole thing where he's like, this is Dwayne Stomp from Black Tooth. Kids, when you drink and drive this weekend. And, and you know, the producer cuts in. It's funny shit. <clears throat> 
he goes through and he's got this one line. It just cracks me the fuck up every time I hear it. This is Dwayne Stomp from Black Tooth. Weekends are for drunks. Do drugs. Uh, so I just wanted to share that with you. Um, you know, it's it's a inappropriate humor time here. Uh, at, uh, at in my room. Uh, anyway, I've been John Henry. Thanks a lot for watching, guys. Uh, let me go ahead and uh, we'll bring this title thing right back up. Uh, I am. It's. It's. I'm sorry. It sucks, but it's going to be a habit. I'm going to be putting this information up in comments every time I do a show, so that people are aware because it's an ongoing thing. This is my job, and I got to get paid enough to stay alive to do it. The only way that happens is if I ask. So. Uh, this is the way, again, the very best thing you can do is go through the website. There's nothing fancy about it. I'm not collecting your payment information. It's just normal pass-through stuff, just like it would be at Young Turks or somewhere else. Uh, and and uh, there's, there's benefits to membership. Uh, if you are able to go to a level of 100 or 100, I think it's 125, you get a t-shirt, $150, you get two t-shirts uh, and and things like that. Um, there's there's other, there's access to areas of the website. You get the work diaries, uh, even at, at you know, $5. Uh, one time you get the work diaries uh, when they uh, go, uh, when they're fresh instead of waiting for two weeks. Uh, you get access to my personal diaries when I write them, which honestly I haven't written many, uh, but they're up there and those are members only. Uh, you get access to the back catalog of the podcasts which occupy a lot of server space and take up a lot of bandwidth and theoretically that costs money and on and on right uh and so that's why that's a member thing and so on and so forth so you got the membership thing up there if you don't give a rats about that you can go through the paypal.me you can go through the cash app uh there's lots of ways also it's not all about money right if you want to contribute if you want to help out somehow but you don't want to just give me money if, you, if you're one of those folks that's like, you know, you walk by a guy who's on the streets going, hey, can you give me a dollar? You go, no, but I'll buy you a hot dog. Get with me. Shoot me a message and I'll tell you what my hot dogs are. Right. I mean, I need microphone clips. I need equipment. It's it's it, name it. I've got a list that can go to a quarter of a million dollars real easy. Uh, so, uh, you know, if, if that is uh, the direction that you want to go, let me know. And uh, we can absolutely work that out. So uh, other than that, again, thank you very much for watching. I am John Henry from JohnHenry.us and from I Loved to Wake Up in the Morning when Barack Obama was president. From the Progressive American and from the new page at Gen X, still things you suck. Thanks again for watching tonight. I will be back on mm, it's Saturday. Is today Saturday? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, this COVID thing. Holy crap. Yeah, it's Saturday. So every Saturday night, every Monday night, every Thursday night, it's John Henry from JohnHenry.us speaking truth to power. I should find reverb buttons and so see, and that's that's another one of those things, man. The more we get this rolling, the more I can actually go ahead and drop a couple of bucks on some of the little funny machines and doodads and little bells and whistles, and then can push a button and get the woo-woo sound. Or oh, here's a I keep wanting to do this guy. Nah, I'm not gonna do it right now, but it's it's a there's a there's a button that you can push to get the the uh, the the scream from um from uh won't get fooled again by the who from from csi right the david caruso thing with the sunglasses right I, I, yeah stuff like that you know i'm not always about heavy shit i'm not always about downers i'm not always about lecturing i'm not always about trying to be this you know didactic academic uh you know uh, uh elbow patched ivory tower uh you know condescender it's not what i'm here for i'm just a human being i'm a musician i've got lots of great road stories and lots of great background stuff that i can tell and talk about too uh and and you know all of it just comes back to the same stuff how i learned what i learned and how i'm trying to teach it to you Thanks very much. Uh, again, have yourselves a great evening. Uh, I have been John Henry, and we will see you Monday night. And uh, that's it for me. Take care.